Hey, welcome to The Revolutionized Mind, a platform about all things mental health. I'm your host, Angelica Galuzzo, and on this show, we use real stories and eye-opening conversations to make you feel less alone and a little more optimistic about what's ahead of you. Come on a journey with me. Bring your most authentic self, and let's revolutionize the mind. Reforming society, repairing your mentality, restoring your life. This is The Revolutionized Mind. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Revolutionized Mind. I know I've taken a bit of a break the last few weeks, so feels a little bit weird to be back. Here I am, Friday morning, trying to record this and finish this episode before I have to start work because, as per usual, I left it to the last minute. So apologize, it's early, I'm tired, but here we are getting it done. Today, September 30th, is also Canada's second National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, which is a day to learn and reflect on the history of Indigenous peoples in Canada and focusing on the next steps forward. There are 94 calls to action that have been outlined by Indigenous peoples, and as of right now, I believe only 11 have been followed through by the Canadian government. And there are lots on there that everyday people, not people in power, um, people like you and me can do to really support this movement of reconciliation and work with Indigenous people to heal some of those wounds that are still very much open as it is recent history. I believe, again, sorry, I should have double-checked this before pressing record, but the last residential school closed in 1996, so that was only two years before I was born. So... Still very fresh, still lots of trauma coming out of this experience, so I'm also going to put a couple resources in the episode notes just specific to Indigenous peoples, and I did plan on doing a more culturally specific episode for this day, but of course my planning has been all awry. I am just a mess at the moment, so I apologize. I am working on something, so hopefully we'll get that out soon. Uh, But other than that, I do encourage you to take some time today, this weekend, whenever it works for you. It is an ongoing process, so just take some time, read a book, listen to a podcast or a talk, watch a documentary, whatever makes the most sense to you. Just really please take some time to do some learning and reflecting. Moving on to today's episode, I am super excited about this one because it is a company that I do truly believe in, otherwise I would not have partnered with them. Um, There's just a huge personal connection there between their mission and some things that I went through when I was going through the recruiting process as a high school student athlete looking to go to school in the States at an NCAA school. So I think a lot of what they're trying to do with their kids and young athletes and their families as well, it is a whole family process, um, to better understand ways to navigate the system and find a school that's right for you, not just related to your sport, but as a person, as a student, there's so many things that a lot of us just kind of ignore when going through the recruiting process because we're so narrow-mindedly focused on or sport what is the program known for what ranking are they xyz so I think athletes to athletes is an amazing service that many people could benefit from so 
Hopefully after you listen to this episode, you'll learn a little bit more about the inspiration behind it, some of Reed's story himself, and what A2A actually offers young athletes and their families. So quick plug here, I have an affiliate link in the episode notes, which gives you a free info session with Athletes to Athletes if you're interested in learning more about their services. So definitely be sure to check that out. So with that being said, I'm going to play my conversation with Reed, and I really hope you're able to take a few key pieces of information away. Enjoy. So today I'm here with Reed Mayer, the co-founder and CEO of Athletes to Athletes, which is a company that we're going to learn a little bit more about today. So before we dive into all of that, do you want to just tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah. Hey, Angelica. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a former college baseball player myself, um, turned, I guess, washed up athlete to, to a certain extent or, or, or trying to be. Uh, and I own a, a company, Athletes to Athletes, where we serve high school student athletes, helping them find their best fit school, both on and off the field. So, so we really focus on a holistic choice rather than just finding uh, whoever can give you a scholarship or a school you grew up watching because their team was in the top 25 or whatever it might be there. So we really shoot to be the, the, the best college counseling service for high school student athletes. Yeah, and it's such a needed service, I think, because like you said, not many people know those little nitty gritties of each school. They only see what the top school is, which is normally just athletic based. It doesn't really consider all the other factors. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's um, we're we're taught kind of this this weird mentality or mindset as athletes when you go through this process that sort of everything should stem from the athletic decision. And I think, in my opinion, it should really be flipped on its head. I think that you know, the academics should fit, the location should fit, the people that you're around should fit. And then after all that's taken care of, you should be able to to funnel into that college program or into that that team and, and have it be a good fit as well. And, and we're really trying to sort of change that mindset in the kids that we work with and, and the ones that the ones that work with us. It's it's really cool to to kind of see that in action and, and see the benefit that it has for them at the next level when they do go to a school and, and to be quite honest, no matter how the, the sports end up, you know, they're at a place they want to be and, and it, they're in a position where they can either thrive there or if they do decide to move, they're doing it well prepared. They're doing it with classes they want to be in. They're doing it in a way that allows them to continue to succeed at the, at the next spot. But um, it's been really, been really cool to, to kind of watch that happen in real time as we work with our kids. Yeah, so I know a large part of like I guess the inspiration behind this was due to your experience with college athletics. So, can you just start by telling us a little bit more about what your experience actually looked like as a college athlete? Absolutely. So, I was I guess you could say moderately recruited when I was in high school. Um was a tall left-handed kid, um was in a family that was incredibly fortunate to be able to go to a lot of different showcase camps and Mind you, I don't think that's the, the the answer to all problems, but we didn't know what to do. And so the answer was to fly all over the place and go to a bunch of camps and hope that that solved the problem. Um, throughout that process, got uh, pursued by a few different schools, um, ended up at uh, Texas Tech University, which is a Big 12 program down here in Texas. And to be honest with you, I picked it solely because it was the largest school that offered me a scholarship. 
Um, that's no knock on Texas Tech, uh, but I grew up in a larger city, um, grew up with, I would argue, a little bit more liberal mindset on some different things. And I was going to a school in West Texas um, where the big joke is all you really do there is, you know, cheer for Texas Tech and drink. And I don't drink. So <laughs> it, it overall wasn't a good fit for me personally. Um, but I kind of put the blinders on to every other aspect of the school because they were offering me, you know, money to go play baseball. And so I get out there and probably within three weeks, I realized that, ooh, this was maybe not the, the best call on my end. Um, I had some some mental health issues that, that sort of spurred up right in the first semester. Um, I lost roughly 60 pounds my first semester, uh, got diagnosed with depression, uh, social anxiety, body dysmorphia in my first semester. And so it really was just a whirlwind for me. Um, I wasn't prepared to be a college athlete. I wasn't prepared to make that change as a as a 17-year-old kid because I graduated early. Um, and it really caught me off guard. And so I kind of powered through that first year and ended up leaving and going to a junior college closer to home afterwards to try and kind of level set, I guess, for lack of a better term, kind of get my feet back under me a little bit. And when I was there, had a really successful fall season. Uh, things were kind of turning around. Spring rolls around. We struggle as a team in the beginning of the season. And next thing you know, I go from being a weekend starter all fall to being on the bench pretty much for the entirety of the season uh, in the spring. And for me, I think that was kind of the wake-up call of like, okay, I need to stop relying on this thing. If, if everywhere I go, I have to be the best person on the team or I have to do X good of a job whenever I go to this place, I'm setting myself up for failure because now I'm depending all of my happiness and all of my personal development success opportunity on this one thing. And for me, that wasn't going to work. And so I actually ended up uh, hanging up the cleats and, and quitting my sport from a competitive standpoint after that sophomore year. And, and started looking for schools just for schools. Um, had to go to a junior college in between my junior college and and the University of Texas, which is where I ultimately ended up, to make up some classes and things like that to be able to graduate on time. So when it was all said and done, I ended up going to four different schools in three and a half years of my undergrad. And I ended up graduating early simply because I was living in Austin and I had a really bad relationship with college because my understanding of it was moving every year and not really knowing my friends and not really knowing what, what my degree was and different things like that. And so I had a very disjointed and, and, and kind of negative experience in that aspect. And as I was sort of getting ready to graduate from UT, as part of almost a therapeutic process for me, I was trying to understand what went wrong, I guess, for lack of a better term, throughout that process. And literally filled up my apartment complex with like post-it notes of questions I wish I would have asked myself or things that I wish I would have done before I chose a school or committed to a program back when I was in high school. And that was super freeing for me. And it was amazing to see how many things I realized I didn't didn't really know or I didn't really understand or I didn't really take into consideration because of just what I was told was supposed to matter in, in college. And I started calling some of my friends who were also athletes and, you know, saying, hey, am I Am I the outlier here? Like, am I just, did I just have a noticeably bad experience and, and you don't have this problem? And that wasn't the case at all. It turned out that, you know, my experience, whether, you know, I obviously had an extreme situation where I had some mental health issues. I ended up having to quit my sport. And so for me, it was a, a, a bigger thing. Um, but every 
person that I spoke to had something to add to that wall and had plenty of things that I already written down that they resonated with. And so clearly it wasn't, it's not just a me problem is kind of what I figured out at that point. This is something that student athletes could benefit from across the board. And we just don't have anything right now that helps us do that. And so that's sort of what athletes to athletes was, was born out of was trying to answer those questions and give kids an opportunity to make the most of their college decision beforehand, as opposed to having to transfer one, two, three times to try and find where that right fit was. Wow. That's a lot of change in a short amount of time. Like that is, like you said, an extreme situation. A lot of people don't go through four in that three and a half years, but that's just a lot of internal adjustment. You know, you're moving, your environment changes, your program changes for the first two years, your team changed. Like that is just so much to have to get used to while also dealing with the mental health struggles that you brought up. So first of all, thank you for sharing that. I know it's not an easy thing to talk about, but it's really interesting how you kind of shifted that into now athletes to athletes. And I love the post-it wall and just kind of all the questions that came up out of this and how you can turn it into a better situation for maybe other people in the similar situation. Um, so going along that, like what were some of those questions that you had asked and what did your journey actually teach you about the recruiting process and some of the issues that are in the system right now? Yeah. So the, the questions were, I mean, they were the gambit, right? I mean, it was everything from how do I pick a major? How do I find out what majors are at colleges? You know, how do I talk to a coach before I commit? How do I, how can I figure out what their style is or what their strategy is? Is there anything that I can look up on the website or in past rosters or anything to, to get an idea of, you know, how they choose different players or how they play different players? You know, how do I consider the city that I'm living in? Why why does that matter? How do I consider the the alumni network that I'm going to be going into? Why does that matter? And so it was sort it was across the board to be honest with you, which is kind of why we created the the program that we did, the athletes athletes program, the way that we did is that it tries to address all the different pillars that you're going to sort of run into at the college level. You know, we have academics, athletics, college evaluation, recruiting. We've got a litany of electives that you can do anywhere from mock coaches interviews to scholarship exploration to, you know, you name it. I think there's at this point, we've got like 30 elective classes or something like that you can choose from. And it's getting bigger every day as there's more things that sort of go into the college process. And so it really was this this gambit. And I think that's what kind of always struck me was like, man, all anyone ever told me about or talked to me about was like this very narrow athletics piece. You know, how big are the schools that you're talking to? You know, what conference are they in? What was their record last year? What did they, I mean, those are the things that when I talk to coaches or people in my ecosystem, that's what they cared about and that's what they prioritized. So as a 14 to 16-year-old kid, that's what I prioritize. I assumed that that would just take care of everything. And there's this rude awakening moment when you get to college where it's like, oh, shoot. Like, that cannot hold up a quality sort of college experience. It doesn't matter how good that team is. It doesn't matter how successful that team is. If it's not putting you in a position to succeed and it's not putting you in a position to be personally happy, if that's the only pillar you've got holding yourself up at that college, that is a really shaky bridge to try and to try and work off of. And so why would you not hedge your bet, hedge your bets and, and pick a school that's going to satisfy you academically? 
It's going to put you in a major that you can succeed in. It's going to put you around people that you want to be around. It's going to put you in a city that inspires you and, and excites you and makes you feel comfortable. It's going to put you in a position to be around an alumni network that can help you succeed in whatever professional direction you want to go, whether that's in the front office of a team or in an engineering firm or a creative writing studio or whatever that ends up being. Um, I think for me, you know, those are the questions that I started asking and sort of that was the realization that I made as, as time went on was like, man, I, I can't, I can't make a hundred percent of my decision in college on this thing that takes up. I mean, at most, and I was a baseball player and we played a lot of games in the spring and whatnot, but like the reality of it is 20 to 28, let's say percent of my full college experience being on campus, doing everything else is actually tied to baseball. So like in any other scenario in life, if you told somebody to make a hundred percent of their decision based on something that affects 25% of their daily output or daily existence, they would look at you like you were a crazy person. But because we've branded college athletics the way that we have, that somehow became an okay thing for these kids. And it's like, ah, well, you'll figure it out when you get there. Like everything else will kind of fall into place. You don't have to really worry about that. And that's wrong. <laughs> we're doing a disservice to our kids by by approaching it that way and sort of glorifying this piece to the detriment of other aspects of what college is supposed to be. And and that continues to baffle me and it continues to be something that we try and solve for whenever we work with our kids. I remember I was talking to Kat from the mental matchup and she was saying like the one question that you get asked as someone who's in the recruiting process is like, if you get hurt, can you still see yourself at that school? And that is a question that I think does ground you sometimes. But as young high school athletes, like you're not thinking about that. You'll be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm fine. All you're looking at is really the athletic stance of the school. What conference are they in? Are they a successful program? Am I going to get like an ego boost saying I play at this school? Like that's what it is. And it's saying like, I am a good enough for me soccer player to go to this school and to make a name for myself, whatever kind of direction you want to take it. But it's not really something that you're thinking about because like you said, it's the way that college athletics has been branded for so long. And it's, it's sad because I think you do lose so much of that college experience where a lot of personal development is happening and we just kind of brush over it. A hundred percent. And I think it's, it, it's so interesting now to see a lot of the friends that I, I went to school with or folks that I went to high school with, especially who I've just kept up with, whether it be Facebook or actually kept up or whatever it is. And I remember for me, as I was kind of going through my process, you know, obviously, again, extreme example, I'm bouncing to a lot of different schools. I'm, I'm trying to figure, I'm kind of restarting my degree plan at, at different phases and things like that. But you see them build lifelong friends in college. You see them build towards a career that they're excited about. You see them build into a major that they're excited about. You see them create internship or job opportunities for themselves. And so by the time they finish college and I finish college, I mean, shoot, they've got four years head start on me on that because I didn't make everything else a priority. I focused on this one thing and while they were focusing on everything. And so that to me was such a wake up call when I got done. I, I mean, I, I literally sat in my dorm in Austin my last semester and filled out applications for baseball training facilities. Because when I really looked up and looked at my resume, that's what I had set myself up to be able to do. I didn't have any internships in different places. I, I didn't, my degree plan was something that I was interested in, but it was also a product of hey, you've got the most amount of credits in this direction if you want to graduate anywhere close to on time. 
you want to get a degree in this direction. And that's kind of how my, my undergrad degree came to be. It wasn't until I went and got my master's that I really got to like focus on something I wanted to focus on. Um, and it, it was jarring to see everybody else kind of just start three to four years ahead of where I was, even though we all went to college, which all should have been on the same starting block. But I focused on different things and didn't necessarily hedge my bets in multiple directions like everybody else does when they go to college. Um, and I was told that was okay until it wasn't and it caught up to me. <laughs> and it, it, I made the realization and I think a lot of people make that realization sort of in retrospective as opposed to, in, as opposed to proactive thought. So many of my friends are like, man, looking back, I really wish I would have done X, Y, or Z. And my friends did that and it worked out well for them. And it's wild to see that my, my wife did it the opposite way of me. She went to the university of Texas because she wanted to go to the university of Texas. She wanted to be an engineer. They had a strong program. She liked Austin. She wanted to be there. She happened to, to, compete in different college athletics she played racquetball she she was on the rowing team for a year she was on the lacrosse team for a year now she's she's more impressive than me across the board but she went for school and then let the sport supplement what she was doing and her and I had a vastly different experience in our undergrad and a vastly different experience and sort of how we moved into our professional careers and I got to see it sort of in real time next to each other which was really interesting sorry I just wanted to ask as well what did you end up graduating with yeah, so I got my undergrad in kinesiology. It was uh, an extension of kinesiology, which was called physical culture and sport with a minor in business. And then I went back and got my master's degree in sport management with an emphasis in sport development. Um, and I loved my teachers. I loved my professors. It actually, it put me in a position to go back and do a grad program at the University of Texas, which is fantastic. But I think if you would have just reset the clock and opened up all the different options that were available at the University of Texas and said, hey, you're a freshman again, pick what you want to do, I think I would have probably gone a different direction just because of, at that time, general career goals and professional goals. Do I regret what I did now? No. Put me in the position that I am now. It allows me to do what I do. It allowed me to meet the people that I did. But it certainly, it definitely was a situation where like that was kind of chosen for me by the time I even got to UT. And now it's a situation of, okay, let's make the best of that situation as opposed to let's choose what we want to do right out the gate and pursue that sort of with reckless abandon. So it changed the mindset on how I, how I selected a major. Yeah. And it sounds like there's a lot of, I guess, like retrospective contemplation, we'll call it like wondering what you could have done differently and seeing all your other friends or similar classmates, like graduating and being so much farther ahead than you were because you had to go through different stops that they didn't have to go through. So like, personally, how did that make you feel seeing your friends, like, I guess, excel quicker than you did, because you were still, I guess, stuck in other programs or whatever the case, but like, was it anger? Was it jealousy? Because I know, like, for me, I was kind of like, questioning, like you said, like, why me? Why did I have to take a hit to my whatever? And it was kind of just like, a why thing for me. For sure. I think for me, it was, um, there was definite frustration and definite anger and disappointment i think for for me personally it was pretty much pointed all in my own direction i think i had this mentality of like how it was this idea of like how did i not how did i not see this coming how did i not know this was going to be something that happened at the end of my four years how did i let myself get sort of dragged into this idea that i can only focus on sports and not everything else 
and I wanted to blame myself pretty aggressively for that. Um, the more I look at it and the more I spend time on it, the more I realize that's just, you're sort of a product of your environment in that sense. And, and the, the environment being, you know, highly competitive athletics and sort of being slotted into this section of, you know, okay, you're someone who could be a college athlete. We're going to put you over in this corner over here and you're going to focus on these things. And everybody else is going to sit over here and focus on these things when really it should be much more of a commingling. And that's just something that you do in addition to, to your overall experience, just like someone who is in the performing arts does that in addition to their overall experience. Um, and so there, there was, I would, I would say probably the majority of the frustration happened internally. And I think that's more probably just a mindset thing, right? I think on a lot of stuff like sports and things, especially coaches will tell you like, you know, what can you do to make it better? How can you fix it or whatever? And I think my brain just went into sport mode for, for me on that kind of a thing. And, and that's where it stemmed from. And one of the things that frustrated me the most about it was that it wasn't like, I needed to do that. It felt like I, I could have focused on the rest of the, the the school stuff. If somebody would have just literally told me back in high school, like, Hey, this is an option for you. Like you don't have to drop everything about who you are and only focus on this one thing. You can look for a school that has a degree you're excited about. You can look for a school that's in a place you're excited about. You can leverage those other aspects about what makes a college experience, a college experience in conjunction with athletics and kids are mature enough to understand that and make that realization, but someone's got to open the door and tell them that's an option and then give them strategies and a sounding board to be able to focus on those different things. And I didn't have that when I was growing up. And to be quite frank, I was in a position that if there was a resource available to somebody who was going into college athletics, my parents didn't know any better. They wanted me to succeed. Like I kind of had that available to me and it just never, there was never anything I knew about that did that. And the more people that I talked to in the college realm, the more it sort of realized there wasn't a resource for that. And so to me, it seems so obvious that we needed to make something for those kids. If you can help proactively prepare them for what that experience is going to be and proactively understand what it is to go to college, then they have the maturity and the empowerment and the education to make a decision that's going to be more holistically appealing to them. And that, that is what, you know, kind of the main spur was for, for doing that. It, it was, a lot of frustrated retrospective on myself of like, God, how could I have freaking shot so wrong on this? Like, I'm not a dumb person. I don't think I'm a dumb person, but I'm in this position that I don't really see many other people in and I can't understand how I got it so wrong. And, and that's what it stemmed from. It's like the athlete themselves have tunnel vision, but then there's all these other, like, I guess, opinions being brought on to you because you have your parents telling you things, which a lot of them do do their research, but they're not in the position themselves to really understand the different programs. You have your coaches, you have other coaches, you have teammates, and there's so many things just being like told to you. And it's so hard to know what's the right thing to do. So like, I think that's a perfect segue kind of more into your company and what you guys do. So like, what are the actual services that you're offering these athletes and what are your goals for the program? And like specifically, what do you want to offer them? Athletes to Athletes is a one-on-one a -on -one advising service for high school student athletes that want to go play in college. And we provide a customized platform, a customized program for these kids to educate themselves or for us to educate them rather on the college process both as a student as an athlete as a person help empower them to create proactive strategies to know how to pursue schools they are interested in 
and that would be good fits for them based on their own research and their own interactions. Uh, empower them to have conversations with coaches in a reactive manner because that's going to happen. Um, you know, know what questions to ask, know how to manage those conversations, know how to get the information you need to see if that's going to be a place where you can flourish or a place that, you know, isn't going to allow you to be who you are. Um, and then ultimately, you know, graduate high school and, and move to a college with whether it be academic, merit, personal, whatever it might be, you know, scholarship assistance to a school you're extremely excited about that, you know, your sport is a is a positive supplement to your experience and not the only thing keeping you at that school. That is, that is, we want to take you through that whole process as a high school student so that when you get to college, you're at a school you're excited about, you're in a major you're excited about, you're with a team you're excited about, and you see a professional pathway beyond your college in some capacity, whether that's in your major or the city that you're in or the people that you're around, whatever that is, where we put you in a, in a position to succeed for the next 40 years and not just the next four and, and helping kids understand that it's okay to look beyond just your sport whenever you're you're looking for a school so at its core that is what we do and and we are all former college athletes who are certified college counselors um and we are in a position to work with you you know we have everything from our first year is required because we have to have enough time to work with you to sort of make an impact and help change some mindsets and and trajectories and kind of how you're looking at different things and then beyond that you're able to work with us on a monthly or annual basis, really through your your high school graduation, if you so choose. And if you if you work with us for that amount of time, when senior year comes around, we're going to help you with the application process as well. And we're going to help you, you know, pursue the school that you're probably talking to from a recruiting standpoint. We're going to help you pursue a school or two that, you know, would be fantastic options for you as a student. So that no matter what happens over here, you're in a position and you have an option that that allows you to succeed in whatever capacity you want to. Um, but it really is, you know, a, a 360 degrees customized program for each of our kids to, to, you know, we say phase one is sort of avoid major pitfalls when it comes to the, the college process. And then phase two is optimize your college decision as much as humanly possible. And that's sort of the two pillars that we stand on when we work with our kids. I think that's so helpful and so needed because as you're talking, I'm just thinking back to like when I was in high school and mind you, it was a little different, like being a Canadian athlete trying to go to the States. So I did have to take an extra few steps, but you know, like going before a showcase tournament, emailing all the scouts that were on the list, sending highlight tapes, just so much behind the scenes work that I think non-athletes really just don't understand. But it was a lot like, I guess, personally, because I wasn't in the moment playing my sport. I was always worried about the next thing, trying to get scouted, trying to whatever, whereas like a company like yours can really do that behind the scenes stuff for you while you just focus on playing your academics and your own personal development. Like you're literally a teenager trying to grow, trying to get better, and you're constantly being pressured to like think about that next stage of your life, which can really be a detriment in a lot of ways if you are coming from that high level environment. So I think that's awesome. And like these services can be so, so helpful and beneficial, especially for families that don't know too much about the whole process, because it's not really common knowledge at all. No, not at all. And that's, and that's the wild part about it. I mean, we've, we've sort of, for whatever reason, we've decided in college athletics, like, oh, if you don't know how to do that, or if you don't know how to navigate that, like, that's your problem. And like, what a preposterous way to think about that. Like, we don't do that. We don't like show up to somebody and be like, oh, you don't know math? Like, man, that's a bummer that you don't know math. Like, you should be able to Google that and figure it out. And you're like, no, like, that's not how that works. Like, it's something you need 
a little bit of guidance on. And like you said, you know, those things are, it's all doable. But if you Google, you know, I want to get recruited, you're going to have 85 companies pop up that have different opinions on different things based on their own content blogs. You're probably going to run into like 40 different athlete profile companies that want to pay, you know, 15 bucks a month and they're going to put your stuff on there. And they say there's 50,000 or a hundred thousand coaches in their database and all this different stuff. And I mean, okay, cool. Like you scrub the data list and you put it on a site and you are sending out an athlete list that a coach is going to put right in a spam folder or delete because they've seen 50 the same day or whatever from whoever else. Like that's all well and good. But if you don't have a strategy on how to make the most of, of that process and get in front of schools that are really going to create a, a long-term benefit for you, then you're letting somebody else dictate your college experience or sort of write your own story. I think that's the biggest thing that we think about is, you know, when, when these other places put you in placement areas or, or coaches say, Oh man, this, this place would be a great fit for you. They've got, you know, X number of kids, or I've got a kid that used to play there who does this, or you're a D one guy. This is a D one program kind of a deal. Like, or a D one girl, this is a D one program kind of a deal. I think you're letting other people write your story and dictate what, what the next 40 years of your life are going to be because wherever you springboard from in college, as much as we want to say it can be, you know, you can make anything you want out of it, but it, where you go to college and where you springboard from there, like that's your initial network. That's usually your first job network. That's a lot of times the city where you end up living and are very close to. And so those are things that you need to be excited about. You need to want to do. Don't let somebody else make that decision for you. It's, it's too big of a choice to, to sort of just follow the leader. Like you kind of need to be in a position where you can blaze your own path. And if somebody gives you a guide map to do that and, and gives you a strategy to do that, it makes it feel manageable as opposed to just having all of these jigsaw pieces that you have to try and figure out while you're also being a student, while you're also trying to play your sport, you're also trying to graduate high school, you're on the clock, coaches are talking to you, they literally get paid $100,000 a year to talk to you and make you feel like their school is the best fit for them ever. There's a lot of things not working in your favor during the process, it seems, when you really sit back and think about it. And so having somebody sort of in your corner and on your team to help pull the curtain back or slow things down provides a lot of value. I'm going to put you on the spot here, but why athletes to athletes? What makes you guys different than the other companies doing similar things? One of the things that that came up organically in our in our conversation with with different individuals, different parents, whatever it might be, and I think it 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 does a good job of expressing our differentiation is that truly, truly, we as a company don't care where you go to school. And I don't mean that and that, oh, we're just going to slot you into 50 different places and wherever it lands, it lands and we feel good about that. What I mean is most of the time, especially as big business as college sports has gotten, everyone kind of has an angle when they work with kids. It's this weird cattle call situation where like you want to be able to brag as a coach or as a athlete profile company or as an advisor or whatever it is to say, you know, oh, my, my kids go D1 or my kids go to these conferences or my kids go. And that it becomes now you're helping this kid, but you're sort of steering them in the direction that is going to benefit your bottom line. What benefits us as a company is being able to look and say, look at our kids thriving wherever they are. They're at a school they love. They're taking a major that they love. They're with a program that fits their personal and philosophical goals. They're with a coach or a team that cares about them as a person where we know that when they graduate, you know, not only are they going to stay at the school that they're at because they love it with or without sports, but when they graduate, they've got a plan and they have a degree they're excited about and they're in an area that they want to work in and they've had 
internship opportunities because they've been living in a city that they want to be and they know different people. I don't care where you go to school because it's not on me to tell you where to go. It's on me to give you the the tools and the strategies and the support and the resources to find schools and to research schools that you know we all think would be good fits. But at the end of the day, like you're the one going to college, so you need to be happy with that decision. So when I say we don't care where you go to school, it's because I'm going to be excited. I don't care if you go to an NAIA school, a D3 school, a D2 school, the biggest Division One school you can go to. If it's the right fit for you and you're excited to go, that is where our joy comes with our kids. That is where our success is measured, is, is the satisfaction and the success of our kids at the next level. It doesn't have to be at a particular place. And I think that for us, we have found is a, is a really big differentiator amongst the majority of people that are working in college athletics right now. They want to sort of be able to spin that last kid into a selling point for the next kid. And they do that by by claiming that they do these big schools and these big programs, and they, they sort of lean into what we all believe is a, a very toxic mentality when it comes to choosing a school, and, and we sort of reject that. We wholeheartedly reject that idea and that mentality, and, and, and our kids, we want them to succeed because it's a place where they can succeed, not because it's got some name, number, ranking attached to it. Yeah, I love that. It sounds like a much more, I guess, personable service where you're actually trying to help the person for the person, not just for the athlete to benefit yourself. So it definitely shows who your team is, what your company is trying to do to help these athletes. So it's awesome. And I guess wrapping up with that, do you have any advice, whether it's personal or professional, about prioritizing your mental and emotional health while being a high-level student athlete? I think... I want to go back and, and just kind of re-reference a, a point that I made somewhere along the way, which is sports are great. Sports are wonderful. I, I will be the first person to say that it has brought me so much joy in my life, but sports are not a standalone aspect. They're not a standalone aspect of your college experience. They're not a standalone aspect of your personality of who you are as a person. You know, you are you are a person who does this sport. You are not sort of this person as a sport that does not define you wholeheartedly. So when you're looking at schools and when you're looking at, at next step opportunities, you know, understand that that is a piece of who you are and it should be a piece of your decision. Um, and I think that that's going to create a much more stable environment for you sort of at the next level, or as you move forward in your, in your sports career, the, the, I feel like as we get older, we slowly chip away, chip away at different pieces of who we are and replace it with, you know, athlete, soccer player, baseball player, whatever it might be, to the point where now that's that's kind of all you have in your arsenal. That's all you feel like you have. You are you are always more than that, but your brain assumes that, okay, if I don't do this thing or I am not this person, what am I? And I think that if you can, you know, celebrate who you are as a person versus just celebrate who you are as an athlete as you build through that select process, as you build through your high school career, as you build into your college career, then it sets you up for for a much smoother transition out of your sport or into a different realm of your sport when that inevitably comes time. Uh, nobody wants to talk about it, but it's the reality and it can it can hit really, really hard or you can have you know other aspects of who you are as a person to, to transition into and it can be a much smoother process. So that is probably my, my core my note, if you will, for the, for the end of the podcast. 
And I hope that is a really great takeaway for a lot of young athletes or just maybe people who've gone through it themselves and they're looking back now because these messages are not usually talked about at all. It's just athletics like we've talked about. So it's really nice to hear that other side. And I guess the last thing, how can people find you and learn more about Athletes to Athletes? And side note, I have my affiliate link linked in the episode notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the easiest way to find us and get in touch is, is our website, athletes to athletes.com. Uh, athletes, T-O, athletes.com, I should probably say, not the number two. Um, you, can, you can learn more about what we do. You can learn more about sort of our story. Um, we've got all sorts of different content on there. Uh, you can schedule a free session with us at any point. We can have a conversation, see if, if what we do is a good fit for, for what you're looking for. Um, that's the easiest way to do it on social, uh, athletes to athletes across the board. That's LinkedIn for those business professionals, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, A2A advising is our Twitter. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're constantly putting out, uh, different content, trying to talk to different athletes, you know, hear their experiences in college athletics, hear their experiences and in college recruiting. And, you know, I think the best way to learn is to, to follow the people that have actually done these things and, and, you know, hear what worked, what didn't, what was good, what was bad, and, and kind of build from there. So um, that is that. <laughs> awesome. Well, Reed, this has been amazing. And I honestly truly love what you guys are doing. I think it's so needed. And it sounds like it is coming from a place of care and not just like as a money business, but um, <laughs> you really do care about helping these kids find a place that is a good fit for them. And I think that's so needed in the college athletic space. So thank you for everything you do. And thank you for coming on here and talking more about what your business is. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was an absolute blast and maybe we'll do it again sometime. I just absolutely love when people share their stories and some of these negative experiences and then how it put them in the position that they're in today. Obviously, when Reed was going through four different transfers in that short amount of time, I'm sure that was not an easy thing to do, especially with the mental health factors involved. There was probably so much going on in his head with his own athletic identity. He had to give up his sport, all that questioning, like, why did I do this? Why did I do that? And in the moment, it was probably horrible. But it is so freaking awesome to see how he used all of those experiences put together and then turned it into this amazing company that now can help people that are maybe going through similar things or have similar questions about the recruiting process. And they are all certified in a way to guide you through that recruiting process to ensure that you're making the best decision for you as a person and not just as an athlete. So obviously, huge shout out to Reed and to his whole team who have built such an amazing service that I believe, again, is so, so needed. And I'm not sure if this is really something that like people outside of the sports world would really know, but like growing up as a high level athlete, these things are really drilled into us and it becomes so just a normal part of our thought process, of our next steps, future goals. We know like, oh, this is the next step. This is what I need to do to better myself as an athlete. If I don't go here, then I'm not a good enough athlete, blah, blah, blah. So kind of taking this holistic approach, I think, is really, really beneficial to the mental and emotional well-being of these young kids going through the process. 
because then they can kind of learn to separate themselves from their athletic identity and understand that, yes, it is a huge part of your life, but it's not the be all end all. And you are more than just an athlete. And I really hope that's a key message you take away from this, whether you're an athlete yourself, whether you have loved ones who may be going through the recruiting process, send this episode their way, the link, hopefully they can book a free session and learn more about how these services might be able to benefit you as you go through that very tricky time of picking a school, picking a program. Ah, I definitely do not miss that. It's awesome, don't get me wrong, but it is a lot of work, it's stressful, and especially when you're doing it on your own. Lots of questions, lots of considerations, and you're just a young kid. No clue what's going on. (laughs) So definitely take advantage of services like Athletes to Athletes. I do highly encourage you to check it out. Use the free session that's given to you. Ask your questions. See if they're going to be a right fit for you and your family. And then go from there. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Revolutionized Mind. Sorry again that my intro and outro were a little out of whack, but that's just me. Welcome to my life. (laughs) I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll be back with another episode next Friday.